Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show with Brett Ridgway. I am the aforementioned Brett Ridgway, and I'm excited to welcome as my guest today, Chris Burns. Chris is a marketing consultant that helps speakers differentiate themselves and stand out in a crowded field. His approach is to make things simple and easy. In fact, he'll make it so easy, you'll be excited to manage your own social media. And because you'll be generating results, it's going to be fun. Welcome, Chris Burns, to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Hello, Brett, and thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show, Chris. So we actually just met people this morning via a networking event. And, yeah. you know, Chris is one of the people you just kind of caught your eye as somebody that you should get to know or whatever. And so I thought I would bring him on the show and to share some of his expertise with you. So, Chris, I like to say in the speaking world, there are, are three types of speakers. One is the keynote presenter who's obviously paid a fee to go speak to an organization. Second is what I call the platform seller who, you know, delivers content and then makes a, a pitch for back-end consulting, training, whatever it may be. And then the third is what I call the business builder speaker. So maybe it's just a chiropractor, a financial planner or whatever that is doing local speaking to make people aware of what they have. And then hopefully those people will come to them when they have a need for that type of service. So, You've been speaking, I'm assuming, for a while. We'll dive into that a little bit more in a bit. But which of those types of speakers do you consider yourself to be? Yeah, so that's an interesting, maybe a tough question, because I can be all of them. Um, when I started my career as an entrepreneur and started in the agency world, I never really saw myself as a keynote speaker, but I always wanted to be that. And if you fast forward probably eight years till now, present time, I've had the opportunity to keynote four times, I believe. And uh, when you once you get the taste of that, that's really what you want to do moving forward. So I like to think of myself as a keynote speaker, but I also enjoy smaller, casual, more intimate presentations because when you're in a smaller setting, whether again, whether it be a, a, a private event or a public large setting, you have an opportunity to really touch people, to, to really get that one-on-one -on -one time to answer questions. And that, that's that's why I love speaking, is just to, to really be able to help people. So how many years are we going back, Chris, from exiting the agency world to becoming your, an entrepreneur and running your own show? Yeah, about three years. 
Okay. So how many years have you been speaking then? So if we add them all up, uh, it would be about eight years. And okay. over that time, um, I've, I've spoken well, well over a hundred times. And um, the stages keep getting a little bit bigger and bigger every year. So what's your go-to topic these days when you're doing a presentation? Yeah, well, you know, I've got a couple that I, I really like. And, you know, we should go back to this, but... <laughs> That that's one of the things I've learned over the days is is really find a specialty rather than uh, just a, a generic generic topic. Mm -hmm. So a couple that I throw out there that people really love the most popular one right now is why your digital marketing sucks and how to fix it. It's a bit of a of a bold statement, bold take. So people like that. Uh, I've started to talk a little bit more about introducing AI into your digital marketing. Mm -hmm. I've talked about how to bootstrap your digital marketing. And what I mean by that is I believe, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that most of us in a small business to solopreneur, I believe we can generate strong results from our digital marketing based on a small to minimal budget, as long as we're focusing our time and efforts on things that generate an ROT or an ROI. Um, one of my favorite subjects, and I haven't had a chance to talk about this as much, is how to cast a wider net on social media to double down on your talent acquisition and talent retention efforts. Now, that's a bit of a mouthful, so I don't necessarily use that as the title, but that is a subject that I think is really interesting because so many businesses need to hire, uh, but yet the same old job application just doesn't really cut it these days. So. That's a fun one. And then the one that I love the most, and, and this is probably what, what's gained me the most amount of momentum, is how to make your digital marketing so easy it's fun again. And that's something that works for any size business and in any industry. So when you talk digital marketing, Chris, what all does that encompass maybe besides social media? Great question. And it, it can encompass a lot of different things. But one of the things I want to preface first is that when it comes to digital marketing, you're right, social media is not the only thing in that, but it doesn't even have to include social media. When I talk about someone's digital marketing footprint, what it could or should be or might be currently, it, and I'm, I'm probably not going to get everything when I say this, but it includes your website, your Google business profile, any sort of digital online advertising you may have, all of your social media, any type of video or audio. So that could be YouTube, it could be a podcast, it could be anything else in that realm. It could be any article that you've written or published, and these could be considered long form, short form, pillar type articles, blog posts, those types of things, newsletters. Could be your email marketing. And there, there are lots and lots of other things, even webinars and online events and you name it. There's a lot that goes into that. And so often that that's the issue is most people are only doing one thing and thinking like, why aren't I generating results? It's because it's a recipe and you've got one piece of the puzzle, one or two of the ingredients, and you, you can't make a pot of chili with two, two ingredients. So again, when you talk digital marketing, Chris, what have you used personally most effectively to get yourself speaking engagements? Yeah, so there's a lot of things. 
Um, I started kind of getting back into a personal brand. And I think that that is where you want to start. If you're if you're asking me or you're asking yourself, what can I do to get more speaking engagements? The foundation of everything you are and that you have to offer is your personal brand. And your personal brand or your business actually starts with your personal brand. It starts with you, who you are, what you say, what you deliver to the world. So to me, I really focused on my foundation and your digital foundation, whether you're a personal brand, you're a business or you're both, is your social media profiles. So I'm talking about personal, LinkedIn, Alignable, whatever platform you're on, Facebook, it would be any content that you currently own or, or maybe podcasts that you've been on, webinars you've conducted, your YouTube profile, all of this content, even a speaker sheet, digital downloads, books, ebooks, all that stuff. And you want to position yourself as being a thought leader, as being a subject matter expert. And so before you go out or before I went out and tried to book all these interviews. So for example, this year, I think I've been on 15 to 18 podcasts, somewhere like that. I just, I just put all the interviews on my website recently and I've spoken on four, probably five digital summits and four in-person summits as well. And in addition, small, small other things locally. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to just say, Oh, I'm a, international public speaker because you don't have to believe that if you don't want to but if i can show proof which uh, i call social currency or social proof um that becomes very believable and you can show what you're capable of delivering and and why what you think and what you're able to teach is unique and different so i start with my personal brand i, I built out that website and I use that as collateral when I'm asking or soliciting interviews to be on other podcasts or other opportunities to speak on stage at other large events. And I, I leverage my book and my social media following and my podcast as well, because who I am and who my personal brand is, it's, it's not any one of those things. It's my body of work, uh, in addition to testimonials from clients. And so that's what I try to showcase. And I'm, I'm trying to continue to grow all of those things so that I can continue to get on larger podcasts, larger stages, larger events, and eventually get paid and get paid more and more to do those things. So to me, that's a really interesting conversation because I can take that a couple of different ways and, and go a lot deeper with that. All right. So you mentioned earlier, Chris, that you really enjoy the keynote speaking world. So for the aspiring keynote speaker, what do you think maybe the three biggest tips you would have for success in that world? Mm, excellent question. So I look back at my first opportunity where I got paid to keynote and it was my first keynote and I went into it really feeling like I, I had to impress people like I had something to prove which I think looking back was, was the wrong mentality. And I've always been very positive, very optimistic, but I've also had a chip on my shoulder. So I felt like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them so much value that they're gonna want to have me back. And I, although I think it went really well, I packed about 90 minutes worth of marketing ideas and tactics and strategies into a 50 minute presentation. 
So if I could redo it again, I would. I'm obviously my own worst critic, as you can tell. But sometimes, and I've learned this over the years, is that less is more. And that never, like I got it, but that never really resonated with me. And as I look at my framework into what I teach my clients, I say, I will make it so easy it's fun again and so easy there's no excuses. Well, you can't give people twice as much information and make it easy. You can't give them twice as much information and expect it to be fun because they're not gonna retain it, right? I mean, the average person retains 10 to 20% of the information they hear. And so I think if I were to scale that back and focus in more like 50% more on a niche within that realm of what I discussed, mm -hmm. I think it would have been so much more effective. It would have been more impressive. And so I, I've tried to take that. And also when I have any kind of, of keynote, it is what am I trying to get people to do? And, you know, you should always think of what is the outcome I want. Now, I don't want to go on stage and try to sell everybody a membership to a community or sell everybody in my book. But as a byproduct, you should want to maybe pick up a couple of clients or sell a couple of books or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. And so what is that narrative and how do you weave it in seamlessly uh, without being spammy or promotional? Mm -hmm. And that I, I was not very good at that. I did not do that very well over the years. And I've learned that there are a couple of very easy ways to introduce an ask or an opportunity for them to go from A to B and B to C or C to D. And we as speakers, don't always think about that. So recently I've been introducing QR codes to take people to a free offer, like a free 15 minute social media audit to my podcast, because that's a bit of an ask too, because I wanna get people into that ecosystem. But also at the same time, like I can't ask them to do three different things. So giving somebody four different things, the, the confused mind says no. So ultimately is what is the one thing and how do I get them from A to B, B to C, C to D? And again, without being spammy or promotional. So that is something you want to consider. And a lot of us, it's a book, it's a podcast, it's a service, it's whatever. But how do you do that professionally? So Chris, in a, in a, a keynote environment where you're not allowed to sell from the platform or, right. or pitch anything, how do you measure the success of a speech? Yeah, so I may be a little bit outside the box on this, but I like to be very in tune with my audience. I, from the beginning, ask for a lot of audience engagement. So could be rhetorical questions, hand raising, um, answers, whatever it is, because I know if I've got the audience engaged and people are paying attention, that the rate of which they are going to retain information is greater. And the people who are hosting or conducting the event will take notice, it, it, there's no doubt. And when that happens, the person who is paying you or has asked you to speak will then give a referral and say, hey, you know what, that Chris guy was so good, I'm gonna refer him to my friend Joe who runs this event and then they will obviously wanna hire me. So I focus so much on that audience engagement that if after the event, I get emails 
saying, hey, I really enjoyed the, the presentation. I really enjoyed this. Can I get your slide deck? I know that the administrator of that event will take notice and there, there will be referrals in place. So I don't necessarily associate a dollar amount because like you said, in most of these environments, you're not allowed to, nor should you be promoting anything, but there are very easy ways to, to mention subliminally mm -hmm. different things that you do and you have to offer without selling them. So my focus has always been selling by indirectly selling. I don't have to tell you about the service. I don't have to tell you what it costs or how I do it, but I can bring it up in a way that if I've added so much value, you might take interest and you might end up on my website or in my social media ecosystem say, hmm, I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. All right, so I have a couple other questions I want to ask you, Chris, but before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spot On and Speaking Show. And my guest today is Chris Burns. And, and Chris, now, now, now is the uh, barrier soul part of the program where I ask you to maybe share a mistake that you have made as a speaker that was maybe embarrassing at the time, but it was a valuable lesson learned for you and something you would highly advise an aspiring speaker not to make. And you can't go to over teaching as your mistake. All right. You got to come up mm -hmm. with something different. Yeah. Well, I've already told you that one. That, that's <laughs> definitely true. I, I think I've made a lot of mistakes and I'll give you a couple before um, I, it sounds like I'm dodging the question, which I'm not. But I, I think making those mistakes are part of what's got me to where I am today. And by no means do I think I'm a perfect speaker, but for someone who doesn't have a lot of training, I feel like my speaking is, has been pretty good and it continues to improve based on all the different experiences and environments and, and mistakes that I've made. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of them would include one, um, not having someone look over my slide deck. I've done that a couple times in my career. Yeah. And there's been a couple of instances where I've had to skip a slide because I forgot to update something that was highly outdated. Or the, the thing that I probably upsets me the most is the dreaded spelling error, grammatical error. Um, and believe it or not, and you, you probably know this because you've done it many times, is people cannot wait to tell you what you have wrong in your presentation. And I, I did that just last year recently, and I, I really walked away. It bothered me for a long time because it, it could have very well easily been prevented. Um, the other one, and this, I haven't done this in a long time, but thinking I know an answer to something hmm. and then someone challenges you and you're like, uh, I probably should have said, look, you know, that that's maybe not a subject I'm as well versed in. Can we let's take this conversation offline. So knowing when to cut the conversation off or just be very honest and say, look, you know, I'm, I'm not as well versed in that. I'd love to talk with you more and, and get your input on that offline. That is something that is important. And then, and I mentioned this a little bit before, but I want to hit on it is, you know, you pack so much information into a presentation. The worst part of that 
is not giving them too much, but it's not having time at the end for Q&A. To me, I found that Q&A is, if you've done a really good job of engaging your audience, you will have very good Q&A participation. And that is a great way to know or not if what you delivered landed with the audience. And if, if you've done a, delivered enough thought-provoking information, it will be a great Q&A session. But you, you got to leave about a good 10 minutes or more for that. All right. So we're talking about mistakes, Chris. So continuing in that same vein, what are maybe the, the two biggest mistakes you see people make with their digital marketing? Is that your primary area of expertise? Yeah. Well, thank you for asking that. It's... Um, it's a conversation I could go very deep in, but I'm going to hit on a couple of things. Um, I would say right now, high level thing, and this is probably true of 90 to 95% of the people I talk to. And I know that's a big number and that sounds very audacious, but it's true. 90 to 95% of the people I talk to do not have a strategy. And generally when I'm speaking on this topic, the first question when I get out on stage and it's within the first three to four minutes is, who here has a digital marketing strategy? So hands go up. Usually it's not very many. Just recently this spring, I, I, I have a in-person digital marketing summit I host here locally, about 220 people in the audience, and we have less than 10 hands that go up. I ask again, see, okay, real talk, how many of you actually have this in document format? And few hands go down. Mm -hmm. So obviously I, I could go very deep in this, but if you don't have a document that outlines your strategy, whether that be financial strategy, business, marketing, whatever, how, how do you know what success looks like? How do you know what your goals are or if it was a good year or whether or not you should ramp up your, your advertising budget? You don't, that, that's the whole thing. And it, you don't have direction and without direction, how do you know where what your destination is or what it looks like? And so if you have a strategy, I think it, it's very easy to then have an implementation plan. But that's where a lot of strategies go wrong is they put all this time and effort into it. They have no implementation plan. Therefore, the strategy sits and they do nothing with it. So it becomes very useless and a big waste of your time. So that's the really the big thing that I, I get my clients to do is get strategic, but simply strategic, build an implementation plan to go with that so that they can execute and do the, the thing that they want to do and achieve those things. The second thing, and by the way, that requires a much longer conversation, is most people are not willing to change and adapt. So I coach everybody I work with in any capacity to be an early adapter. So let's take TikTok, for example. Five years ago, you could have downloaded TikTok and uploaded any kind of video and you could have woke up the next day. And I say this and I, I truly believe it. You could have a half million to a million views on any video. It, it was almost that easy. Now, maybe one out of 100, but it was very possible. Right now, that probability has shrunk from about one in a, one in 500 to one in about five million because there are far more users on the platform pumping out far more content. So naturally the odds just go down. But when you become an early adapter, you have a chance to rise above the noise and you have a chance to try things out and get comfortable before everybody gets there. 
And so what I mean by a lot of that is right now, what I'm seeing my clients do is they continue to post organically, meaning they're posting to Facebook, they're posting to LinkedIn and Instagram, just to their feed normally like everybody else does. Mm -hmm. And they wake up the next day hoping and praying they're going to have 20 likes and they're going to have people buy stuff from them. When in reality, it's not working because organic reach is 10% or less. Now, what that means is that you're lucky if 10% of your followers even see your content. Just that's an algorithm thing. And it, all social media platforms are becoming pay to play, meaning you have to advertise to get in front of new eyeballs. So what's the point of spending hours every week creating all this content only for almost nobody to see it and almost nobody to engage with it? We are basically beating our head against the wall hoping and praying for different results, even though we know nothing's gonna change. So what I advise my clients to do is get strategic by trying new tactics, new pieces of content, new styles, um, new formats. So whether that be adapting TikTok or vertical video or YouTube shorts, we have to be moving into new places where people are spending their time. And where is the best rot which is return on time where is the best roi which is return on investment well i can tell you it's not by posting traditionally to your newsfeed anymore if you look at how many people are consuming vertical video that's where they are that's what we need to be doing is focusing on video and giving people an experience and educating them so i'll, I'll leave you with this because I, I know i've said a lot here but your social media should not only be strategic but your content needs to be empowering inspiring educational and or entertaining so inspiring empowering entertaining and or educational well i have no doubt you could go on this topic for a long time and so we could really scratch the surface here obviously so i want to give you a couple minutes chris if you would to tell people a little bit more about what you do and how they can get involved in your world if they so choose yeah, so I've got a lot going on. I'm, I'm probably the definition of serial entrepreneur, even though I don't love that definition. But I am a digital marketing consultant by trade. Um, I'm an independent consultant as well as own a digital marketing practice called Lux Level Media. And my agency does website design, social media management. We do a lot of strategy and some paid ads as well. And we, we really specialize working with small to medium-sized businesses as well as nonprofits. We have plenty of solopreneurs, speakers, coaches, consultants as well in the mix. And then um, I also own and operate a leadership training and leadership development business called Hustle Leaders Network, which has an adjacent podcast called Hustle Nation Podcast. We talk a lot about mindset, attitude, sales, business, leadership, and culture. And uh, it's, it's really phenomenal to be able to take a lot of my framework, which is the, the simple strategic approach and along with implementation, and then take the framework that my business partner created, which is uh, really, we call it a hustle framework. And that's an acronym for something greater we'll, we'll discuss in a future conversation. Blend those together and really maximize the output performance and efficiency for leaders. You can find that again, hustleleaders.com, hustlenation.com, hustlenationpodcast.com, sorry, and my agency, luxlevelmedia.com. All right, so when we were talking earlier, Chris, you mentioned something about people can get a free 15-minute digital marketing audit with you. Sounds like yes. something that people should take advantage of, and where do they go to do that? 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I do a lot of that and I won't be doing it for a whole lot longer just because it's been so popular. It's taken a lot of my time. But if you're interested in anything I had to say and you'd like to book some time with me, I am giving away a free 15 minute audit and that could be a business audit, a marketing audit where you have 15 minutes with me to ask me any questions you want or allow me to audit what you're doing online. I'd be more than happy to do that. No sales pitch. I promise. And you can go to my website, which is IamChrisBurns.com. There's a book now link that'll take you to my Calendly link, which will give you an opportunity to book that time free of charge. And I uh, look forward to meeting all of you someday. All right. Well, Chris, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Our, our meeting this morning was fortuitous, and you definitely dropped some pearls of wisdom that people need to take advantage of. So, Thank you again, Chris, and for everybody listening in, thank you for joining me today. As always, if you haven't been to the Spotlight on Speaking website, go to spotlightonspeaking.com. Register with your favorite service to be notified of upcoming episodes, great ones like this one. And again, as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do, and may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.